0: Uh, financials and the audit outcomes. Um, but
1: before we start, as I've indicated to you, colleagues, um, I'm in receipt of the apology of the minister who is abroad. Um, the deputy minister is due in uh, a cabinet committee meeting on Uh, matters of the post office amongst others Uh, we spoke this morning having received his letter and indicated that he could join the meeting but would have to be excused at about 11, half past 11 Um, and so he is in the meeting as we speak now following that commitment uh, which I uh, am I communicated to colleagues and then I'm advised um, further that um, the CEO has a bereavement and therefore unable to um, join us this morning and I have conveyed the condolences of the committee uh, to um, the CEO uh, through the chairperson of the board as well and I further reiterate them again this morning if they can be conveyed uh, to the CEO. <clears throat> so, colleagues, that is where we are uh, with, um, uh, with, 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 with this meeting uh, this morning. Um, so <clears throat> I think if we can just start there um, so that we can make a determination on, 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 on how to proceed. I have noted the, uh, the comments that have been made in our discussion. Um, so I just like that we um, make a determination as to whether because I'm not um, <clears throat> I think the chairperson of the board is here this morning and board members, uh, yes, the chair is uh, here uh, this 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 morning. Um, so um colleagues, I just want to place that matter first, um and then we will
0: we, we will make a determination, colleagues, over to you. Morning, Chair. Morning, Brother Samuel. Happy Wednesday.
1: <laughs> yeah, happy Wednesday, indeed.
2: No, 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 Chair. I think uh, as 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 you have shared this uh, uh, through our our group, I've uh, placed my view um that that uh, if if the chairperson of the board uh, having had the um, the apology of the of the CEO. Um, uh, we share the uh, the same message that you have sent through uh, the chair of the board in in expressing of our own condolences, and and the fact that the minister is uh, out of the country, and 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 therefore um, we we have to continue with the uh, with the meeting. Uh, I'm 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 doing so. Um, with with a view which uh, uh, seeks to observe uh, the the fact that uh, we have received the apology, you have received that apology, and and uh, which is a, a different um, uh, turn uh, to what we had uh, yesterday, uh, and 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 therefore uh, I want to propose the meeting that uh, let's let's proceed with the meeting.
1: Okay. Thank you, Bob so, Are there any other views?
3: Mr. Chairman, uh, I put my name in the group. Oh, okay. oh sorry, sorry. Um,
1: I, I'm using the same device because of network. My apologies as yes, Bablis.
3: Yeah, bong, yeah, um, yeah, I'm also having network problems. And, and again, it's in the Marks building where we're supposed to have proper Wi Fi. Um, but nevertheless, I'm now on on um, on my hotspot. Mr. Chairman, the, my concern really is that it's um both the minister and the deputy minister, whilst they submit an apology, um, we're just not going to come. Um and and have prioritized other meetings or a trip abroad over coming to appear before Scopa. And it took you, I, as I understand from you this morning, and correct me if I'm wrong, to persuade the deputy minister to sort of like do us a favor and come for an hour and a half. Um, it it really is unacceptable. The CEO's bereavement uh, is is is, I mean, it's 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 what it is. We we really can't blame the CEO for that. But the minister and deputy minister appeared to be very happy simply to say to Scopa, well, we've got more important things to do. We're not coming. And the deputy minister then eventually agreed to come for an a half. Mr. Chairman, I think the deputy minister must stay for the duration of this meeting um, and show the priority that um, should be given to parliament and to Scopa. Whatever meeting is happening for the post office can be delayed for a couple of hours. I'm sure it's a virtual meeting, and uh, the deputy minister must show that he takes us seriously. It's completely unacceptable. Um, I am concerned about the absence of the CEO, so I'd like to know who will be able to answer our questions. Is the CFO here? Is the COO? And I'm afraid because of my bad signal. I may have missed that, so please forgive me if I have. I do note that there is um, a certain um, Blakey, um on, on the list here, and his name appears under Ian Blykey. His name appears um, in the list of wasteful expenditure, so I'm rather pleased he's here because when I get to that, I'm hoping he'll be able to explain why there's wasteful expenditure that he is responsible for. Um, and what and what action has been taken to recover that money. But that we'll get to just now. So Mr. Chairman, my point is that I think a very robust letter must be written to the to the leader of government business to explain the dissatisfaction of this committee with ministers who prioritise other issues or meetings ahead of meetings with Scopa. It happened yesterday, it happened again today. And that we actually insist that Deputy Minister stays now for the duration of the meeting and his staff can rearrange his diary for later in the day. Thank you, Mr Chairman.
0: Okay, thank you um, very much.
1: uh, Honourable Van Minen.
4: Thanks very much, Chair. Um, For some reason, I can't seem to access my camera. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm busy using my my hand device here. Um, I want to agree with uh, the Honourable Lise. It's a problem, and I know you and I have also discussed it sort of offline. It's a problem that we're seeing with online meetings that it is, seems to be relatively easy for ministers and uh, CEOs and CFOs to avoid um, their responsibility to come and account to Scopa. And I think that one of the solutions certainly would be to return to face-to-face meetings. I realise that is a difficult thing to achieve at this point, but I think it is certainly something as a committee we should really be prioritising. I also find it very difficult to, to sort of understand why an organisation... is supposed to appear in front of us to give information is suddenly hamstrung because the ceo isn't able to be here i mean surely there is somebody who can take care of day-to-day business and accountability you know doesn't get put on hold it remains so i think that they have to get their house in order and i think in general when it comes to scope of hearings we have to make it very clear but they can't just duck out of a scope of meeting by the last minute claiming that various people aren't available. And certainly with the ministers, it appears to be an ongoing issue, with a lot of ministers just not appearing, not going to questions, and not reporting back to Parliament. It's something we really need to prioritize. Thank you, Chair.
1: All right. um, Thank you very much. I just want to indicate uh, that... um, I'm advised that uh, the the chair of the board is here, the COO is present, the CFO is is present, and the chairperson of the Audit and Risk uh, Committee is also present. Um, And to say that uh, the the DM, having sent his apology, was the one who phoned me this morning to try and sort of to find a way uh, in order for us to make this work. Uh, so I just want to say that um, <clears throat> it was the DM who, who phoned, having sent an apology. I would imagine having realised um, uh, the 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 chief in which we were in. All right, so colleagues, I'm going to uh, suggest uh, that we we we, we proceed uh, with this meeting. Sure, um, sure. Okay, that was
2: some. Okay. No, no. Before, before that chair, I, I would really want to take exception uh, for for the members to 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 talk with uh, folk tongues. Uh, when it comes to uh, certain uh, institutions, they would they would insist differently, and uh, and and and, and uh, as if uh, our, our consistency as a committee. Is, is thrown to the sea, uh, I, would, I would want to urge members uh, to always be consistent in dealing with matters, including this one. Uh, uh, in, in my proposition uh, to say, let's continue. I know for a fact uh, that uh, the basis uh, of that uh, uh, proposition is informed by the fact that the minister has forwarded the apology and, and uh, we have been advised that the CEO uh, is uh, a face, face, faced with uh, a situation which uh, uh, he can't change. And, and uh, therefore the absence in the meeting uh, uh, becomes valid in a sense. And, and uh, to uh, make it a big issue now, uh, when we are dealing with this uh, institution, when we failed yesterday, Uh, to do the same, Uh, and and, uh, what sort of uh, members uh, are we going to be viewed uh, in this this instance? So so, so I don't take it lightly uh, that we choose uh, to be very slight in some institutions and to be very hard on other institutions. It can't work like that, Uh, you know? As a committee, we must ensure that we are consistent in our voice, Uh, all the time thank you very much
3: mr chairman i have to now respond i'm sorry may i yes you may mr chairman i think this is an inappropriate conversation to be having at this meeting and the the circumstances surrounding yesterday and ESCOM are completely different from the circumstances surrounding sabc so to accuse certain members of this committee of inconsistency is uh, completely fallacious. And uh, I would ask that this conversation take place in private, please, Mr Chairman. But I have to put it on record that I object to that comment. Thank you, Mr Chairman.
1: All right, thank you very much, uh, colleagues. Yes, um, I I think that we do need to have a a discussion um, amongst ourselves um, around these matters Um, and um, fundamentally believe that we need to find each other and um, iron out uh, these things Uh, because perception is everything. And we dare not fall into the trap of setting precedents which come back to bite us uh, in the execution of our own duties and responsibilities um, so yes, I would suggest that uh, we will find uh, time um to 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 meet even if it means we have one of our Graveyard sessions, just on um, these um, internal matters of the committee, that may be beneficial, colleagues. <throat> I will suggest that uh, we, we 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 continue uh, with the meeting, um, just like we 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 di- we did yesterday. Um, so I think um, the scope of attendance is on a similar trajectory. Uh, the only difference uh, here is has been, in my view, better communication on the part of the SABC. So I'll request that we go into the hearing um, uh, now, and and then so. Just before we go
5: to the hearing. Okay. Good morning, Jefferson. Good,
1: Good morning, Mama.
5: Morning, uh, colleagues. As department, well as just want to conquer with what Honorable Sommel is saying. It can't be right that people say and do as they wish and then other people are not allowed to respond because the matter will be discussed in a private meeting. I don't think it's acceptable. I don't think it's acceptable, Jay. I think I agree with Komri- Honorable Sommel exactly all that you are saying. There's no, no apology about that, because that is a fact. And I also agree with you to say, we must have our own meeting, not a private meeting, whilst other people are free to say and do as they wish publicly. We are all equal to that. We can do it. However, that you advise that let's go to our meeting, will do it for some of us. For me. No, thank you. I'm just the reason why
1: I'm insisting uh, that we proceed and we'll have. Uh, I'm trying to manage time uh, so that uh, we, we, we sure. deal with the matter at hand. All right, <clears throat> uh, all right. Chairman, Can I take sir? this opportunity now?
3: I, I forgot my hand up, Mr. Chairman. Yes, Honorable Liz. Mr. Chairman, I'm happy to go. Let's have the debate now. If that's what Honorable Tulash wants, and let's go for it. I'm up for a good debate. Um, the it's gonna, It would be very interesting, and I think it would be counterproductive.
1: Colleagues, I, I have made a determination on this matter now, that the matter will be discussed, and we will have a meeting, and even if it means it's a graveyard session meeting, we will do that and I've made the determination that we are now proceeding with the meeting, the hearing, so can we please do that. I do not believe at all uh, that um, this assists and I will continue to implore on the collective strength of the unity of this committee because, in my view, we the last line of defence of Parliament's oversight and accountability and therefore we cannot allow any situation which puts that last line of defence in any kind of jeopardy or towards a trajectory which finds itself cracking the unity which has sustained us. So I am pleading with you colleagues. Uh, that um, we we, man, we maintain the healthy spirit uh, of collective execution of duty and support of each other. Of course, there will be differences along the way, but the unity of purpose, in my view, far outweighs areas of disagreement which may arise. And therefore, I'm just calling for us to have our meeting and have this discussion frankly and honestly and openly amongst each other for the greater good. And the greater good here is the public purse, which we watch on behalf of the South African public. Teamwork works. I plead with you, colleagues. Right, on that note, can I take this opportunity now? to welcome the deputy minister, the chairperson of the board and board members and the executives of the South African Broadcasting Corporation who are appearing before us this morning. And um, AG, National Treasury, as always, um, and SIU, thank you very much um, for being here. Um, I would now like to hand over to the Deputy Minister if there are any um, opening remarks or comments you'd like to make. (laughs) And and then once the Deputy Minister is done, Mazamban, you will be first off the bat with your section um, and then we'll proceed as we proceed with the hearing. Deputy Minister, over to you.
0: Um, thank you very much, uh, Honourable
6: Chairperson of the Scopac, Honourable Tlengwa. Uh, greetings to all the members of uh, this esteemed committee of parliament, um, the delegation from the SABC, the chair, and all other colleagues on the platform. Uh, welcome. Thank you very much for having us. Uh, Thank you very much, Chair, for clarifying what I don't know whether it was a misunderstanding or it was a deliberate impression that was created that uh, uh, for some reason we were dragged here to this meeting. Um, The reality, Chair, is that there are two meetings which are clashing. There is a cabinet committee, it's not just any other uh, meeting as uh, has been presented here. Uh, I'm sure, Chair, you know that every Wednesdays are either cabinet or cabinet committee meetings that are taking place. So, there is a cabinet committee that is taking place this morning in which our department is presenting two bills the Sabo Amendment Bill, as well as the Post Office Amendment Bill. And uh, the minister is not around, as you know, she's overseas, and uh, I'm supposed to delete the delegation of the department to go and attend. The Cabinet Committee to go and present our bill and motivate that Cabinet must approve the bill so that we can table it in Parliament. So it is not just the side show of the post office chair. Uh, I took the initiative <clears throat> to get in touch with yourself after I realized that even the acting minister of our department is not going to be around to present the two bills. Uh, just to sensitize you that we have got this predicament. There is a cabinet committee, there is also the Scopa hearing. And from our discussion, we then came to a conclusion that I should be available uh, to this meeting, although I'm not going to be with you for the rest of the meeting. Because at the time when these items are presented in a cabinet committee, I should be there. So. Uh, I thought I must just uh, clarify that point, Chair, and you know, I uh, we respect this committee. We respect all the other committees of Parliament. We understand their constitutional role. We ourselves have been in this situation where we are um, leading the committees of Parliament and we understand how important it is. So I think uh, it's it's not okay, Chair, to create an impression that uh, we don't respect these committees. Some of us take very serious exception to an impression that gets to be created that we are irresponsible in the manner in which we interact with this important institution of our people. So I thought I must just say that those words, chairperson, um, But <clears throat> Chair, the SABC is appearing before yourself uh, to, to interact with you about uh, their financials, uh, the turnaround plan that they've developed. Um, we are with the chairperson of the board. I'm going to ask that you allow him to give some few make some few remarks uh, as a way of introducing. Uh, the topic chair, you know that uh, we are almost in the second year uh, of the turnaround plan that the SABC has uh, developed. Uh, We have observed in the past when these reports are presented that we are doing very well as the SABC in terms of achieving the targets of the turnaround plan. And so the rest of the issues, I think, will be uh, will come out in the engagement that's going to take place. But from where we are as a ministry, we are quite satisfied that the turnaround plan has been implemented. We are achieving the targets that we've set for ourselves. We are left with one year of the turnaround plan uh, However, there are still some issues. Uh, we've seen some decline in terms of the revenue from advertising, uh, which is, remains a cause for concern for ourselves. Uh, but we think that uh, the organization is dealing with such matters. And we hope that uh, at the end of the turnaround plan, uh, the organization will be stabilized We'll see financial sustainability of the SABC going forward. If you allow, Chair, I would invite the chairperson of the board, uh, Mr. Makatini, to just give some few words, and then we'll hand over to yourself, uh, Chair. Uh, if you allow, chairperson of uh, Scopa, we can. No, that
1: is perfectly fine. The the chairperson can make uh, remarks, not a presentation, just a remark that we can actually get into the hearing. Okay, thank you
7: very much. Thank you, dear. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson of SCOPA, Honorable Members and uh, Deputy Minister uh, and, and the Department Representatives. With me today, I'm with the Chair of Audit and Risk Committee, Ms. Jasmina Patel, the CFO of the SABC um, and the COO, they are both in attendance. I do want to apologize to the committee uh, for the non-attendance of this group CO. He lost his brother, and he had to rush home to make funeral arrangements. And that's the only reason why he's not here. And I do want to apologize on his behalf. Um, thank you for this opportunity. In the main, um, uh, we as the SAPC have aligned and agreed with the recommendations made by the Auditor General around the need for us to focus on really dealing with the historical irregular expenditure. That is one of our main focus that we are driving. When it comes to our turnaround strategy, we uh, have implemented quite a lot of the recommendation or what we had said for ourselves as outlined in our turnaround. And as a result of that, we've had two quarters where we were profitable as the SAPC. So it does give an indication that a lot of progress has been made. Of course, on the area of consequence management, until we are able to conclude with the process of identifying all possible irregular expenditure that happened in the prior years, that will give input into the process of consequence management. So that we are quite aware that there need to be focused and emphasis in making sure that consequence management is uh, adequately addressed and we focus on it. Uh, in the main, um, we are very grateful for the opportunity to engage with Scopa and uh, we are looking forward to a, pro- a productive engagement. Uh, I would like to hand over to the chair of Scopa. All right,
1: um, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Chairperson. Right, Uh, Mazamban, uh, please kick us off with the hearing, Um, and we are good to go.
3: Right, Um, thank you, Mr. Chairman. I'm gonna try my camera, but I might have to switch it off. Um, Mr. Chairman, the Deputy Minister's Katie Nice with his innuendos about my motivations. And uh, I suggest that he stays away from that in the future and not um, play his politics here. I simply don't accept that a cabinet committee meeting must take precedence over a scope of meeting. And that's my position. And and, and and it's, you know, he's explained his position, and that's my position. So let's go. Mr. Chairman, I'll be dealing with, as you know, with um, going concern fruitless and weightless um, uh, wasteful expenditure and irregular expenditure. Let me just start with wasteful expenditure. In the um, update report from SABC um, that, uh, that we've received, um, there's, there's a lot of, of um, comments and highlights about um, fruitless and wasteful expenditure having been written off um approved for right off but very little about recovery so uh, there's and so what I, I and the chair of the board has just talked about consequence management so and and stating that that has to wait for all of this to be identified and Quite honestly, um, it's, it's highly unlikely that if even if we wait 10 years, that all irregular and wasteful expenditure will ever be identified. So my question then is, which how many people have actually faced the consequences of their malfeasance? Um, and if none, why not?
0: Um, as a standard uh,
1: chair, as you know, I won't come in, so you just respond to the questions as they are posted.
0: can not you hear you?
8: Good morning, um, Chairperson of Scarpa. I just want to confirm you can see and hear me well?
0: Yep,
3: we can.
8: Um, thank you very much. Um, so good morning, Honourable Chair, Honourable Committee members, DM, my Board Chair, my Audit and Risk Chair, um, Executives of the SIBC. Um, I'm Yolanda van Bouillon. I'm the Chief Financial Officer. So just to also confirm, I've got the support of a number of the Executive Committee here today. In the room with me is the whole of the ACM management as well as a members of the team that deals with fruitless and wasteful expenditure. I just want to confirm, Chair, so um, in terms of the proceedings, so we, we're just for now, we're going to uh, have an engagement in the sense a question will be asked and then we will answer. I just want to confirm. So we don't wait for a number of questions and then we go. I just want to ensure that I know how you prefer it to be done. There's with.
1: one question, one response, one question, one response, so okay. that nothing gets lost, yes.
8: Thank you very much. So with respect to fruitless and wasteful expenditure, we have inherited um, a significant balance uh, when the current board and management joined um, in 2017 and 2018 respectively. The focus in terms of that specific topic has been on the fruitless and wasteful that we inherited at that time, while trying to not only enhance the internal control environment for the year since up to today, but because of the themes that is prevailing from the past, we and you will you you know you clearly have read the submission. It speaks to highlights, lowlights, action plans, and the likes. The focus on the items that's been presented for right of were the historic items, which in many cases meant that having followed the processes. It was often very difficult to identify a responsible person, and then definitely to proceed with recoveries. That's with respect to the historic things. Some of the items that had been condoned, for example, relates to uh, content that weren't broadcasted in between 2009 and 2015. There were sports rights that had um, similar kind of challenges in that period. And um, one of the other items that were condoned related to. Uh, the pay as you earn on fringe benefits that weren't calculated um, properly at the time. Again, we're looking at the period 2014 to 2017. We try to get the information and um, try to identify responsible people. But for the historic things, it has certainly proven a major challenge. So uh, we also have a number of oversight bodies that participate in the right of andor or condemnation request before it gets to the audit and the risk typically that needs to uh, endorse it before it goes to board. So it it takes a lot of time to gather the information and identify the responsible parties. And when the board is satisfied that we have honestly done anything, everything reasonably possible, we, they will then proceed with the right of their own. Now, there are a number of items, particularly in the last three years, and as the in-year balances have reduced, and I'll speak to the main themes, but for example, um, they were as um, uh, uh, subs- subsistence and travel allowances at some point, which was identified in the course of a forensics audit. Um, and those, for example, have been recovered. There's travel cancellations that has taken place over the past number of years. Again, those have been recovered. Um, today, what we have mainly in the register relates to interest on a repeat fees. And I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit on that in a second. And the other main theme in the year that we are um, being uh, discussing here with you today is with respect to a lease in one of our regions. Now, interest in repeat fees, again, the original um, matter that finds us with the interest in per se comes actually from 2007. Uh, It is an engagement that affects the whole of the creative industry, and a number of stakeholders are affected. We are, as we sit here, a busy rolling out a plan uh, with the, the communication plan with our stakeholders to identify, um, to, to change this practice that finds us here. So it's not necessarily that you can identify a responsible person in this specific case. It is a practice that finds us here and we are in the process of changing that. When you look at uh, the bombay lease, in particular, the region, the matter is also the subject of an SIU investigation uh, and the parties are currently, I think, proceeding to the, uh, the special tribunal uh, and as such we will be proceeding with uh, either identifying a responsible person. Uh, currently, however, uh, just to um, interrupt myself, we have been informed that there's no criminal activities been identified in the specific case, but there is a discussion to be had and conclusion to be reached on certain recoveries. Uh, And in that respect, we are working with the SIU to deal with that and the recovery will therefore in due course take place um, depending on the outcome of the tribunal. So if you ask me as I sit here in fruitless and wasteful, how many people have faced consequences? Uh, I hope that it gives you a sense that I can't tell you it's three or four or five. I can tell you that it's been taking place in the last few years, that we have challenges with the history. And then with the particular themes in the current year, um, I hope I, I gave you a sense of the activities that are um, underway. Thank you, Chair.
3: Um, thank you very much, CFO. Uh, yeah, so what I think we then have to get from you... If if, it, if you can't give it to us now, is a list of the people who have faced some sort of disciplinary action and what the consequences um, have been for that. Um, and, and so, I mean, it's just an indication of the hopeless situation in, in the entity that you can't identify people um, in, involved in decision-making um, over a, a historic period um because it's one of the the issues that I think flows throughout the report from the s a b c to us is the lack of any detail or the in the annual report so it applies equally to irregular expenditure as well as to wasteful expenditure. We get high level like you've just done you 've given us a very high level comment about how difficult it is, etc cetera, etc cetera. you've gone to a little bit more detail about Bombella, but um, generally speaking we're not getting the detail. And therefore, it makes it very difficult for us to, to drill down and establish um, some sort of oversight role that we should be playing. So the Mbombella one, just to focus on that for a second, you, you say you're looking for, for a responsible person there, um, and the SIU is investigating and so on. Is is that um, the rental agreement with Ryback Prop? 001 PDY Limited. Is that the the issue? So in your report to to Scopa, um, it's as at the, it's a third progress, quarter three progress report December 2021. um, You've identified the person. That person is Ian Flakey. So why are you saying you're still trying to identify the person? Can you explain that, please?
8: Um, th- thank you very much, um, sir, for the question. Maybe just to indicate, um, uh, my CEO always refers to the all out institution that we inherited. Uh, and it's uh, the, the fact that we are struggling to identify people with um, before um, 2018 is as a result of that. Um, the lack of detail um, in the annual report, uh, obviously, we follow the guidelines um, prescribed by National Treasury or the accounting standards. Um, but we did endeavour to give you as much as possible information in the in the pack that we submitted. With respect to Mbombela and the references to our COO, so how the accounting system work is um, it's related to a function. A function has got an executive uh, ultimately assigned to it. And you will see my name and a number of the other executives uh, 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 in that process as well. It is the, the person who is today overseeing the specific business unit. It does not mean that that's the person that um, resulted in the fruitless and wasteful expenditure as the case may be, I hope um, that clarifies.
3: Yeah, I, I think that um, it it cannot be that the the person in, ultimately in charge just simply escapes any culpability. So we'll monitor that as the process um, goes on. And if your name is there for some, then you must accept culpability as well, if if there is um, sufficient evidence there. So the, the question of um of irregular and wasteful waste expenditure is quite a difficult one to deal with if we don't have the the um the details. But let's just look at the the one that's sort of been covered to some extent. Um is that the interest and penalties and fines, et cetera. Uh, you, is highlighted as the provinces having trouble with local municipalities, telecom, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What exactly is the issue there? If I, um, I know that my telephone account has to be paid monthly. I know that if I don't pay it, it's going to be cut off. I pay it promptly. What is the real issue for 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 these these late payments or non-payments?
8: Um, thank you, sir. Um, the, historically, um, definitely, there was a lack of discipline. Um, it affects all the regions, um, and, and it has been an historic major problem. Of course, things like uh, vacancies and that kind of things didn't help. In the last three years, however, uh, what we have done, we have firstly engaged with the municipalities to ensure that there's alignment between their account billing dates and the payment dates and our financial system payment dates. The organization typically pay once a month at the end of a month. That is, is um, how we manage um, payments and our uh, cash flow as well. But in this case, like you rightly say, your account can be due in the middle of a month, for example. So we have made special arrangements in the last two years that that payment um, requirement is met on the day that the payment um, the invoice demands. Secondly, uh, with Telcom, for example, we have numerous, I mean, literally tens or, or if not nearly a hundred different accounts with them, at, at depending on the time we find ourselves in, depending on whether there's outside broadcast taking place. Uh, and the processes that we followed with uh, in that case was not aligned with them as well. And obviously, their systems generate interest uh, automatically. So what we have done in the last six months is um, encourage an engagement with them and I and I'll, it's nearly done. We, we are together with them looking at how we consolidate the accounts to be able to ensure that as the finance team in the SIBC confirms the accuracy of the billing, that the timing of the payment takes place per their expectations. Of course, there's processes that we need to follow to ensure that we pay what is due um, and therefore the, um, it it takes time as well. The second thing is our SHAP system has been enhanced to assist with this consolidation of the telecom accounts. So that is partly why we find ourselves here today. Um, we have not yet, I think, made a determination how we're going to deal with the consequence management in this specific case. As you saw in the register, it's hundreds of line items, sometimes with one or two or three or four cents even associated with it. But we do follow the processes per the regulations, etc., to get to that point. Thank you. Chair?
3: Thank you, CFO. Um, yeah, it's... It leads into into the main topic for me for this morning. Really, um, I mean the irregular and fruitless expenditure. It's just going on and on. It continues as as we speak. Um, your systems still haven't stopped it entirely or reduced it to a an acceptable minimum. But yeah, the. Uh, I don't know what else, Mr. Chairman, I can raise on those issues. There might be other members who've got specific issues on the long list that the CFO has referred to, and it is a long list. Um, and I've raised two of the the, uh, the primary ones. But then let's just talk about this going concern issue. Um, right, so the board chair has indicated that's there were some profits in two quarters but basically the the SABC is running continues to run at a loss and the Auditor general is very concerned about that and the only reason that you can claim to be a going concern is that you are misappropriating funds meant for for other projects capital projects i can't remember what the actual word is and using it for operational costs you were there was a bailout of three three odd billion rand um, given to the SABC for specific um, uh, projects or use and 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 uh, a great deal of that has not been used about one point five billion has not been used for that purpose it's been used for for operating costs so first of all, how much of the approximately 1.5 billion and i'll have to find the exact figure just now um, remains or has been used for operating costs how much can you give me that figure
8: Uh, not one rand sir
3: why is the auditor general saying differently then
8: no, I don't believe the Auditor-General is um, even suggesting that. Uh, that money is ring-fenced. We adhere to the Appropriations Bill that permitted us to get the bailout. It's managed in terms of a very strict SOP. It's been audited. Um, those funds have never been used for anything other than what it was um, designed for and for what we received and applied for.
3: Okay. All right, so we'll have to ask the Auditor General about that. So let's, let's um, accept what you're saying. So it hasn't been used. So SABC runs year after year at a loss. Where is the SABC getting the cash from to pay its creditors if it's not using any portion of the three billion?
8: So, Honourable um, Member, maybe let me first say um, the strict definition of going concern that the AG judges its audities against is whether you are able to meet your obligations in the 12 months um, post the year end. Uh, we have.
3: Kind of, um, CFO, sorry to interrupt you, but um, yeah, I understand how, how going concern status is determined. My question is. If you're running year after year at a loss, and perhaps two quarters at a profit as per the um, board chair, how are you funding the liabilities of the SABC?
8: Um, yes, and um, thank you, sir. I, I was um, about to, to elaborate further on that. So um, as early as 2018, uh, we had developed very strict cash management practices. At the time, we were um, in austerity measures. However, uh, since the receipt of the bailout, um, as much as the austerity measures may have been lifted, we continue with the cash management practices. Uh, that is uh, anything from a combination of a monthly meeting with the senior representatives throughout business to look at what is expected to be paid by when. Um, if we need to reduce uh, the payments requested to fit within the funds that we have available, there's then a collective decision made around that. Then there's engagements that takes place with those that may or may not be affected. And today uh, we are able to, in the last, I think nearly 18 months, we have not had to go into any um, austerity measures. We are able to meet our obligations when it is due. Uh, In other words, our payment days, I think is less than 40 days uh, at this point in time. And it's a combination of the 30 days from invoice as well as otherwise negotiated um, as is permitted by the PFMI. So what also contributes to the, um, to the available funds, if you will, is that we continue to have delayed or slow spent. So even if the revenue generation uh, has not been what we wanted it in the last two years, we then ensure that um, there are savings. Uh, anything that might be, can be postponed is postponed so that when we do have available funds, we commit ourselves to that. So that is how we manage to meet our obligations.
3: Yeah, thank you, CFO, but I'm afraid I'm, I'm just not understanding because like any, your your household budget, if, if you run at a loss, it means you're spending more money than you're receiving. That's the, the bottom line. So if you've been running at a loss year on year and you haven't used the bailout to fund those losses, how have you funded them? That's my question. Cutting costs is is very important and and thank you for, for those efforts to ensure that the costs are cut. But if you've been running at a loss and your revenue has been less than your expenditure, how have you been funding that expenditure?
8: So, um, the bailout funds uh, that we applied for related to content and capital and the trade and other payables as at the 30th of September 2019. So, uh, obviously, that balance has been settled, I think, as much as 98%, the trade and other payables that is. Um, Today, as I sit here, you refer to the 1.5 billion that was left at approximately um, a year ago. We still have about a billion left. So another 500 million of that, uh, I'm trying to just illustrate the principle, has then gone to dedicated um, capital projects and or specific content. So that also helps with the funding requirements. Um, Secondly, uh, in the course of our turnaround plan broadly, some of the initiatives that we um, implemented also yielded efficiencies. So again, um, it, it comes in various forms of savings that we are then able um, to, to, to use for other purposes. Then uh, what is also um, expected in the next few weeks, or, mo- or hopefully a month or two, is the proceeds from our sale of our non-core assets. Um, And that also goes towards funding specific capital projects. We've sold some shares that we had, that for example, also contributes. So a combination of um, the cash management practices, the operational cash that we do generate, uh, the, the sale of the non-core assets. And last but not least, is we have managed to re-establish um, very good relationships with our financial institutions uh, as of about two years ago. Um, the, the support in the form of the bailout gave them a lot of comfort as to how the shareholder views the SIBC, its turnaround plan, and its future. And as such, our financial institutions have also come to the party to assist with innovative measures to help us manage it. So, for example, we have a um, receivables finance funding facility, which has been put in place in the last sort of 18 months. And we we were even able to um, get access to forex lines, for example, and full maintenance lease uh, uh, mechanisms to help us manage um, our cash flow Uh, and we also we it's all of this is supplemented by an SOP we have what we call a liquidity SOP which determines how much cash we need to have available and freely accessible at any given point in time Uh, and in the context of all of these factors uh, we endeavor to meet our obligations thank you sir
3: thanks CFO. that yeah that that now I'm starting to get some idea of what the the cash flow issues are. so essentially what you're saying is the AG is actually right that some of the bailout has been used to assist with operational expenses and it was included in the in the um, the, the, the mandate. Given on the bailout, so it seems that um, that some, if I understand you correctly, in programming and so on, expenses that would otherwise have had to come out of revenue have been allowed against the bailout, and and that's fine. I, we can't argue about that if that was the mandate that was given to you. So, I'm I'm curious now because even with that, and let let's say. We look just at the financial year that, that we the last one that's, um, that we're looking at, the next one is due quite soon, but it's post 2019. You talk about some arrangements with financial institutions. Um, so what kind of, of loans or overdrafts is the SABC running with with the banks or other financial institutions? And what is the extent of the liabilities
7: there?
8: Um, So sir, let me first just clarify, um, when we applied for the bailout, there were specific items that form part of both the content as well as the capital our long-term infrastructure plan. So the bailout funding remains ring-fenced to only be applied to those items. And if there are variations internally, there's a process that needs to be followed. But we have never used the bailout funding for my definition of operational expenditure. It could be anything from salaries, to uh, travel costs, to consulting fees, none of that, so maybe uh, my understanding of operational expenditure is just a bit different to yours, Um, and hence my response. Loans and overdrafts, uh, we have not used it, um, but I think we have about, I think it's 15 million overdraft facility, but we've not used it, I I don't know, before my time, uh, but certainly not since um, 2018, we've not used it and we haven't needed to use it. The the things like the debtors funding facility uh, is valued, I think the max is about $280 that we can access. Um, It's a rolling facility, so uh, you're actually factoring debtors. That's what happens. So you just get the funding in advance, and as the debtors pay, it goes into a a ring-fenced bank account, and then the facility tops itself up as well. So I hope um, that answers your question, sir.
3: Thanks, CFO. Yeah, look, operating cost definition will differ, and and but I, I've accepted that. So essentially, um, part of the losses in terms of programming, I assume, or the issues allowed large in terms of the mandate on the bailout, um, have been covered by funding from there. So that leaves still leaves the question of going concern. But let's move on to to the factoring of debtors. So your Revenue has decreased year on year. And, um, and so when you're factoring debtors, um, you, you're factoring an a apparently decreasing revenue stream. First of all, what is it costing to factor the debtors? Normally, factoring debtors is, is a hugely expensive um, uh, route to take, and, and it's a route in desperation. In my experience of, of, of accounting with many, many firms over many years, um, debt factoring is something that is avoided uh, until there's just simply either that or bankruptcy. So what, what are the costs of the debt factoring? And and I, the, the facility you talk about, I think it was $218 million. Is that being adjusted as as the debtors book obviously must be coming down, given that the the revenue is coming down?
8: So maybe just um, to confirm, um, sir, around your, what I understood your comment on losses in the mandate funded potentially by the bailout. We we do track the programs uh, that we did, um, that was part of the list to make sure that if there are losses, um, it might be mandate related, like for example, um, um, uh, education and religion. You can very, very seldom and highly unlikely you will ever make profits on that. But for for example, soaps and dramas and other entertainment content, um, another endeavor of the management over the last three years has been to ensure that we have break-even but profitable properties. And we've put a host of measures and mechanisms in place to ensure that that's achieved, amongst others, simply sending things back and refusing to approve it if it's not profitable. Coming to a reducing revenue and the factoring of data. So as I um, tried to explain, the mechanism has been made available to us. In the past year, um, we... we, we Used it once uh, to test it. So, in other words, we haven't needed it. You pay uh, for the having to when you use it, and I think it's a it's a percentage. Um, I mean, two percent comes to mind, but I can't remember exactly. Um, and as you rightly say, uh, having put it in place uh, in the past year or in that year, um, and in the past financial year as well, the current one 22, and not needing it, we have reduced it. Um, we try to be proactive also in in um, in um, ensuring that we understand what business needs will be. To give you an idea. We, we do have um, about our long term capital plan is two billion rand. Uh, so you want to be able to have funding mechanisms that can be executed or initiated when you need that. But as business doesn't need it, our, our management of cash and liquidity also changed. So that facility has been reduced now to I think it's about 100 million, uh, and it is a backup plan. And with the reduction, also any related costs are currently being renegotiated. We did have our credit review in December with the financial institutions, and we're waiting for the final outcome.
3: Thanks, CFA. Sir. Just let me get the confirmation. So you, you have no bank overdraft, no bank loans, and your creditors are being paid on, on, on a 30-day or negotiated settlement terms. Um, and, and the year that we're in now, um, whilst you've made a profit for two quarters, um, is it likely to, to break even or show a loss or make a profit? can you just confirm the no bank overdraft no low bank loans not using the debtors um, factoring um, you're paying all your liabilities on time um, and the current year is likely to produce what a loss a profit break even
8: um, There's something happening on this computer. If you lose us in a few moments, please just bear with us. Uh, It wants to restart. We don't know why and we can't fix it now. So if you lose us, then we haven't run our way. We're coming back. Uh, We have an overdraft. We have not used it. We have no loans, strictly speaking. Uh, I'm excluding uh, finance management leases for fleet vehicles, for example. We do have that. Um, We are, this financial year, likely to end at around 200 to 300 million rand loss against a budget of about a 600 million rand loss. We are currently, um, we have just on the 28th finalized our corporate plan for the next three years, and we do endeavor um, to make uh, break-even or profits in the next three financial years.
3: Thanks very much. So the year will finish at a loss that will be an accumulated loss and um and it just fascinates me that that 200 million loss is not being financed um from from other sources other than revenue obviously if it's a loss revenue can't finance it um you don't your liabilities are paid in time you're not using your overdraft facility you're not factoring your debtors i i, I it, this is an incredible business I, it, I, i'm i'm afraid i don't quite understand it's, um, and I know you're trying very hard. I, I'm not suggesting that you you you're not trying hard, but I'm afraid I just don't get where the money's coming from to fund the loss. Um, and if you want to have one more attempt to convince me, that's fine. But um, I, I just I, do, I don't understand it. Sorry.
8: So to to maybe one final time, um, because I understand how it it doesn't make sense. Just remember, of course, losses. The accounting definition of losses will include things like depreciation and that kind of stuff as well. Um, But our revenue is about, I think, 1.4 billion less than what um, we budgeted for in this year but our expenditure is about 1.8 billion less than what we budgeted. So you see there's a gap in the expenditure and that ideally results in cash um, that is then available for other purposes. Uh, And noting that the part that's referenced from the bailout sits separately and it is, of course, capital expenditure. So, yeah, somehow we we are able to do it. We we try to cut our cloth to our size. Sometimes um, business hates me because we simply say no. Um, the content in particular is a theme that's attracting our attention because we haven't been able to spend what, what we want to do, and then there's the conversation around the fresh and compelling content, but again we can't spend for the sake of spending, so we are trying to be extremely prudent with how we um, work with our funds.
3: Thank you, CFO. I I, I absolutely accept that there are items on the income statement or whatever it's called today, it's got a new name, which are not cash um, items but theoretically they cash in the background because if you're leasing, uh, uh, if you've purchased a vehicle or something and you write off the depreciation, you're also paying for the vehicle. So sometimes it's not direct cash, it's indirect, but I understand that um, the concept of depreciation and other expenses which are not actually cash expenses. So, Mr. Chairman, I, I look forward to to seeing the, the results for the 21-22 year um, with some interest um, and, and to see whether, in fact, we, we shouldn't float the shares on the JSE because it sounds like this is, is, a, is a business that might be worth investing in. Um but yeah I'm being I'm being facetious and forgive me, Madam CF. I'm, I'm not getting at you about it. Um it's uh it's it though of concern that you guys are gonna come back for further bailouts. Um and and um and we're gonna have to consider very carefully all the good work that you you um seem to be doing in terms of cost reduction. But this chairman. Cost reduction is important, but far more important is pushing revenue. Far more important. And this is a very competitive market. And we've been told that advertising is decreasing. And to push revenue, you've got to produce a product which your clients and customers want. And I accept that there's a mandate, and you mentioned religion and, and education, And, and, you know, there's a discussion that could take place about if you give a a mandate like that, which is highly unlikely to be profitable, whether there's a a need to to, uh, fund that separately, but that's another discussion. But the SABC, to be quite honest, doesn't grip me as, as as a viewer. I do pay my license fee religiously. I pay two licenses, one here in Cape Town and one back home in Ladysmith. But to be honest with you, I don't remember once watching SABC in the last 12 months. And and it's because your program content doesn't grip my attention. Now, I might be very much the minority. The majority of South Africans might think it's wonderful. But then we should be seeing revenue growing, not decreasing. Advertisers would be clamoring to advertise if indeed... The, um, the viewership we're we're so good and, and we can get viewership numbers, I'm sure. So Mr. Chairman, the, the concern of the Auditor General about the going concern I think is a valid concern and remains one and, and one which we're gonna to have to monitor. I, I do understand how the, the status of going concern is, is determined, um, but uh, I don't think that determination, if it is based on bailouts, uh, should, in fact, be. So now I've, I, have i am still on, Mr. Chairman. My screen's gone blank. Oh, there you are, you're back. Sorry, um, our connection here is not good and I'm still on, hmm, I'm still on hotspot. So, Mr. Chairman, let me leave it at that and a big thank you to, CFO for not um, responding to me in a in a um, r- way that shows uh, irritation given my sometimes annoying questions. Thank you, Mr. Chairman.
0: Sla on. But if he's,
2: if he's not there, let me get in with my own questions. Um, uh, we All
1: right, um, thank you very much. Okay, Colle- yeah, I'm here. Okay. Okay, let- let's do this then. Can I take Uba your colleagues because the issues largely overlap um, and then we will do follow-ups uh, after Uba Busomi so that um, nothing is lost. So, Babusuno, can I hand over to you? Well, thank you very much, uh,
2: Honourable Chair. Uh, can, can I first get into the amplification of what um, Honourable Police has got into in as far as the uh, SAP is standing uh, um, in, in terms of its own uh, uh, finances as a going concern? Uh, in, in recognition of the fact that they, uh, this is the first full year uh, for them uh, to apply uh, fully their turnaround strategy, which uh, uh, has got signals um, uh, of a positive uh, benefit, uh, which we could uh, uh, somewhat uh, recognize that fact. And, and uh, secondly, um, the fact that they have received the 32 uh, billion rent uh, from national treasury uh, to uh, be utilized uh, mainly for capitalization uh, of, of SAPC, uh, which has uh, earned them uh, some form of uh, applying uh, breaks on their negativity in as far as their finances are concerned. The third point is, is, is on the uh, dough uh, that there has been that uh, uh, kind of a benefit there's been a decrease uh, in their revenue, which, which has been uh, recognized falling at 12.4% uh, uh, in total, uh, which, which uh, maybe gets on to the point which Honourable uh, police was uh, adamant that uh, to make sense, when you have met such losses, how then have you sustained yourself and how can you uh, probably prove uh, that your own concern status uh, is somewhat uh, uh, sustained, and and uh, uh, looking into your advertising uh, sponsorships, give licensing fees, and the, the decrease, which is so uh, significant, uh, around those uh, areas, which should have been a benefit in terms of your revenue uh, going forward. The the fourth point is is on the expenditure decrease, something which you have alluded to, that. Uh, While you had decrease in terms of revenue, we have as well uh, realized uh, some form of a decrease in terms of expenditure, which is less than uh, your decrease in revenue. Decrease in revenue, 12.4%, decrease in expenditure, 10.2%, which does not create a balance uh, somewhat to, um, uh, somewhat uh, uh, clearly deal with the factor which you want to uh, emphasize on. The loss for the year increased increased by three point seven percent from five hundred and eleven point three million rand uh, in twenty twenty uh, to uh, five hundred and thirty million rand uh, in twenty twenty one. You see, so 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 the the, the current status um, begins uh, to show uh, a sense of concern uh, where there is. A somewhat um, a lack of balance uh, on your whether the, the the depreciation in terms of the revenue and depreciation uh, in terms of your expenditure and and there's something which you must do uh, differently on the areas which would uh, sustain uh, your revenue. Uh, you see in the in the coming years. So so that amplification. Uh, begins to say uh, the committee, our concern, as indicated by the auditor General, is, is, is a bit valid uh, uh, per se. And, and therefore, would plead uh, for uh, SAPC to do more uh, to ensure that you sustain the costs uh, to uh, reach uh, a level where we would say
0: we are comfortable. Uh, with your common concern status. Any comment there? Um,
8: Thank you very much, Honourable Member. Um, I I just first want to make a statement or respond to one of the final comments of of, uh, Honourable Lees, which then leads into your questions as well. Uh, And I will also invite my COO sitting next to me to speak to uh, Revenue Generation. Uh, but we do have no intention to firstly come back for a bailout. Um, This business is run by a group of people and a board that uh, believes it's got all the uh, building blocks in place to return to financial sustainability. Um, Our corporate plan uh, that you will probably see in coming months firstly reflects that the single biggest outstanding item is to ensure the regulatory environment uh, uh, um, creates a platform for permanent sustainability we are still confronted with the must carry regulations sport regulations etc so if you then go into a a little bit more specifics of course the year under review um it it's i mean we're talking about it 10 11 months after that year and it, it feels like the last two years have been last year But that particular year, of course, uh, had the full brunt of the COVID impact um, and everybody trying to grapple with it. So in the revenue space, uh, you then saw that in the quarters one and two, we had significant losses. Um, It's also the time when new GEs join in our sales division. He joined in fact in April. Um, So did the GE in the video entertainment business joined in April 2020. Mm -hmm. So in the second part of that year, quarter three and four, the revenue did already start to show uh, marginal uh, improvement. So much so that we nearly, um, the, the 741 million rand loss on advertising revenue uh, it was an ultimately only 700 million for the full year because of the ability to recover in quarters uh, three and four. If you, uh, and yes, um, things like a theme like sponsorship revenue, for example, became very attractive. It's very attractive today still because the advertisers, um, I call it a pay-as-you-go kind of system. They don't need to commit for a year or two at this point in time in terms of some of the mechanisms we have uh, because the uncertainty remains. So that's why sponsorships have shown a good progress. If you then... Look at, yeah, and TV licenses. Maybe just a short comment, um, as much as I'm sure you're um, aware of it or can understand it, is the fact that the economic impact uh, is exactly directly expressed in our ability to collect TV licenses. Because as people struggle to make ends meet and put bread on the table, the last thing they are going to do is buy a new television or potentially consider renewing uh, their TV licenses. Which means the theme of attractive and compelling content and speaking to Honorable Lisa's comments. Um, I understand where you are coming from, sir. My GE video entertainment is jumping at the bit to bring that content to the organization. Uh, We have already, I think, is it nearly 111 new productions uh, in some shape or form that's come on stream in the last um, 18 months. But the requirement is that the, uh, unless it's something like religion or education that's directly mandated, that it must be profitable. Uh, so all of these things should come together where um, uh, people like uh, Honourable Lees, who doesn't watch SABC, uh, will be attracted back and will then also be keen to buy his TV licence ideally. Um, just another note, and another important uh investment uh, the organization is in this coming financial year intending to make for the first time certainly since um, I uh, the management joined is the investment in marketing in other words to take the messages of our compelling content the organization that is um, supposed to be stable that's under solid management etc um two new eyes and ears and tell them come watch come see what there is but we've uh, you will notice the significant deviation in marketing for expense, uh, for example, as well. We, I think we spent about four million or something like that in this year, but we are um, spending nearly 4% of revenue in the next financial year on it. Take the message to the masses and attract them back. If you look at the losses, um, Strictly speaking, uh, you are, of course, 100% correct, a loss of 511 million in 2020 become 530 million in 2021. The but is the once of items. Um, uh, once of items uh, it ha- happens literally like that at j- just once, and I think in one of the slides you, uh, you might have the detail thereof. And the accountants uh, extract those to be able to look at operational performance of an organisation and focus the attention where it should be. So a very big once-off item in that 2021 financial year was the uh, the settlements we paid as part of our Section 189 to return our our employee costs to uh, reasonable and market-related percentages and ensure that we have a target operating model that speaks to the business of the future. So if you were to um, just for a moment consider the 177 million Rand that was spent on that Section 189 process, and you were to uh, reduce um, it from the loss of 530 million, you get a better sense of what is true operational performance, noting that it was under extremely difficult circumstances, like every other organization in, uh, in this um, country. I I hope um, I made some remarks that resonate with you, sir.
2: Well, well, thank you very much, uh, uh, CFO. In, in in terms of in terms of the accounting standards, uh, when you table financials, there's an expectation from the auto General, as as you would know, that is informed by both PFMA, and and the uh, the, the, the Companies uh, Act, um, your, your, your own statements uh, had to undergo major corrections. Is that the case?
8: Um, if you speak about major corrections, a normal theme of audits, uh, sir, is that there will be unadjusted and adjusted um, entries that are being made. Um, so those are part of every audit and they did happen in our case as well. They did not um, uh, concern the AG sufficient to determine that the financial statement is not a fair representation of the performance of the organisation.
2: But, but, but the Auditor General uh, insists that those misstatements have, have um, given rise uh, into uh, uh, an audit which is a, a somewhat a, a qualified audit in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a sense. And, and the qualifications um, rest um, hardly on that uh, as well.
8: So what they are referring to is the completeness of our irregular expenditure register, um, a big project um, that's been ongoing in the organization since about 2018. Um, and they, that's also partly why other than going concern, we had even a disclaimer opinion about three or four years ago as a result of processes and procedures we didn't have in place to give them sufficient comfort that that register includes every last irregular expenditure item that we incurred In the year under review year today, the 2021 year, the AG was satisfied with our measures put in place to ensure that that register is complete. Uh, and there's um, information being supplied in the pack to yourself that I hope supports that. Their concern is the opening balance on the 1st of April 2020. That balance, obviously it's about 2 billion or so approximately, comes literally from 2011 uh, more or less. Um, and, and that balance, because of very similar circumstances to the fruitless and wasteful that I alluded to earlier, uh, uh, has not allowed us yet to, to conclude the completeness activities on that. The management have opted to focus on. The, any all our transactions from 1 April 2018. And we are, in December, we were about 69% concluded on reviewing every single transaction in this organization since that date. And you're looking at about um, 11 billion uh, rand spent on goods and services in that period. And that, for example, excludes content. So we have a, a, a extensive progress uh, 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 project with a team of people, small team, but a team nonetheless, that's been working their way back to conclude that we are able to say that balance on 1 April 2020 is complete as well. The team is currently more or less in 2019, 2018, if I'm not mistaken, and we are working full steam to have the activity concluded by the time the year-end audit starts. The one activity that will then remain is subject to us confirming that we have Put proper measures and procedures in place to ensure the completeness, the prevention, detection, monitoring, and, um, and consequence management remedial action is to engage with national treasury on the balance as at 1 April 2018 to state that because of of themes like uh, lack of access to information and responsible people that have either left or you can't identify anymore, that we wish to have a conversation to ring fence that balance. But we will have that hopefully sometime in the next six months, when we are able to say emphatically and we pass the audit um, uh, assurance that uh, the balance as of 1 April 2018 is complete and accurate.
2: One, one is happy that something is being done uh, towards that direction. I, I, I hope that uh, you would meet your target. Uh, but, but one thing um, uh, as well, S A F O. When 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 we had a meeting with yourselves, um, in the very last meeting, uh, there was um, a commitment uh, from the side of S A P C uh, that they have. Uh, uh, a small committee, which which was termed a uh, loss control committee, uh, uh, which was established in August 2020, um, with with the core responsibility uh, uh, to address consequence management. Uh, how many cases uh, have gone through that committee, and and uh, what is the success level uh, of the committee? Uh, to realize its own main objective.
8: Um, Thank you for the question, sir. Um, So the committee is indeed up and running again in the last year. It was severely affected um, in the course of uh, the restructuring of the organization and target operating model, and it lost some members. And we had to uh, to reconstitute it um, but they are i think as of about six or eight months ago now um, running very well it's a cross-functional team legal hr and finance people uh, they have so far i think the exact number we will uh, be I, my team must be able to help me i'm going to speak in terms of principles and i can give you an exact number and of course we did try to share with you the status of consequence management in general in the organization But what um, has been happening um, so far is a particular focus on the Auditor General's irregular expenditure identified, as well as that of our internal audit department. Therefore, you will see in the document um, that we submitted to you, I think in terms of, let me just get there, specifics, and then I'll wrap up and get back to the um, loss Control Committee. Uh, We currently have, in total from that one April 2018 uh, date that I mentioned, uh, 379 cases of uh, consequence management that needs to be concluded. Um, Of that, uh, we have so far concluded 36, which is related to the auditor findings mainly, and then the number that has passed through the Loss Control Committee now. Of course, there's the process. There's an investigation that needs to be concluded. Then we need to take uh, our submissions to Treasury. Then it needs to come back before the board um, concludes um, on on it if if they are required to do so. Uh, You can also see in that document, uh, we we listed a number of initiatives that are currently either on their way to Loss Control Committee or um, National Treasury. It would have gone past Loss Control already. Um, and that we'll see this uh, value also significantly improve um, in the very near, in the next three or four months. So I don't know if my team has the exact number for for, uh, four that has, um, so my team indicates that there's four explicit cases valued at, they'll give me the value in a second, that's gone via loss control committee, that's of course over and above the tax clearance one of about 2.5 billion um, that has also been presided over by loss control. Um, and that is that was also then ultimately successfully accepted by the the AG. So the cases that are currently proceeding is, sorry, we're just adding it up. <laughs>
9: this is approximately 18,
8: about 19. It's about 90 million uh, that has passed through the loss control committee um, in the last eight months or so.
2: Okay. The, the last the last question from uh, from from me, um, recognizing the fact that uh, you 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 are doing this kind uh, of work, um, and and if you look into the category of cases that you are handling, um, there are ones which relate to uh, companies who uh, have failed to uh, produce credible. Uh, tax certificates. Are you still doing business with such companies?
8: So, f- firstly, sir, um, today we have measures in place that uh, should ensure that something like that doesn't take place at all. Uh, and we're very explicit about monitoring it. Um, a tax clearance certificate. Uh, well, and maybe I must say that because it's not supposed to happen anymore today, we don't do business with somebody who doesn't have a tax clearance um, and it's, the process is therefore well established and matured. But typically, I, I think by law, you're not permitted to not pay if a tax clearance is in place, but we don't even enter into a relationship today of any kind for good services or content unless the tax clearance is not um, present and clear. We also monitor um, as a, if it's a contract. Then we monitor on a regular basis uh, to ensure that these um, items remain in compliance or these entities remain compliant. Are,
2: are, are, there, are there any companies uh, that uh, you continue to do business with who are uh, in the firing line uh, on failure to observe some form or sort of a prescript
8: uh, as part of
2: your procurement processes?
8: Um, I, As I sit here, Sher, sure, trying to understand your question, because it's quite broad, um, uh, not adhering to SEM prescripts, we monitor E, for example. We monitor uh, the tax compliance on an ongoing basis. Um, so I, um, we check blacklisting on the National Treasury uh, website. Uh, we check for conflicts of interest. So those would be some of the broad themes that I I hope um, give you a sense. And of course, if one of those four are a no, then we don't proceed until it is sorted out. BEE is a bit of an ongoing conversation, but that's also tracked on on an ongoing basis. A team of people look after it. Uh,
0: From from my side, Chair, uh,
2: those are the areas which uh, I had a major concern, concern with. Uh, my, my closing um, on, on the matters I raised, um, I've, I've, I've in the first instance, uh, made a point that this is the first full year uh, where you have applied your turnaround strategy. Uh, and we still stand to see um, in the continuation of such, what are other areas of benefit, which uh, would wish you to um succeed on mainly on matters of revenue uh, as a point of emphasis uh, which will allow uh, our our guaranteed support uh, for you pulling through uh, of those areas which uh, seek your own operational uh, ability so that you don't uh, fall within uh, the other call from treasury uh, to uh, ask for assistance. We appreciate the fact that we have not utilised in full uh, the uh, the 3.4 billion that you have received, which is an indication of uh, financial uh, prudence um, a, a running of your, your own uh, uh, books, and something which we think that you need to be encouraged on uh, going forward. So that in the operational uh, mandate that you have, you don't uh, catch yourselves and dig more uh, into the grave. Uh, your own uh, uh, competency, in as far as the existence of the public broadcaster uh, is uh, is concerned, uh,
0: those, those are the areas which I, I would I would have wanted to emphasise, uh, Honourable Chair. Our chair? our chair is a bit lost sorry, sorry chair
2: he has connect, connect, connectivity problems
0: thank uh, you very much some, huh? okay well uh, um, Yaguzela Chairman, Yaguzuela Chairman, uh,
2: your, your, your line is not good at all. Can I assist uh, just just to check whether uh, from 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 the members is there anyone who would want to um, ask a question or a comment uh, while while the chair is is uh, improving his connectivity.
5: Um zim. I couldn't see my we are not winning. Yeah. So
2: much chair, uh but can can members want to uh Speak, indicate uh, by show of hands, and uh, if not, try to assist the chair to reconnect properly.
1: But it should. sorry, thank you. Am I, uh, audible now? A little bit. Little bit.
0: Right. No, I was just asking for colleagues to now um, make comments and input, and to pose their questions. It looks like There's there's no hand. I see no <laughs> hand.
2: Uh, All right. <laughs> well, we've done our level best with
1: honourable to take them on our shoulders. Okay. Um, no, thank you very much. I just um, uh, uh, have a, 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 a few questions. Uh, my, my, my myself, and I think it it, it goes um, specifically to the D.M. Uh, as the political leadership, uh, and then of course to the chair uh, to say to first ascertain whether are they confident
0: uh, that the inter- interventions put in place the S.A.P.
1: Because most often than not, we are having repeat findings, um, and uh, there is seemingly no end in sight. Um, of course, we, you know, there's, there was improvement in the radio numbers um, as well, SAFM, for example. So th- there are indications of that. But generally, in terms of the financial uh, health of the SAPC, there is reason to be concerned. And so I think what we definitely need now is a firm commitment, a definite commitment that there are interventions in place um, and whether the things that they are doing, they are confident are the right ones to have the SAP sit in the corner so that we can be able to have a yardstick measure to hold the hold them accountable. But also a yardstick measure to check on the progress of the turnaround um, of the SAPC. Um, I note the very emphatic no of the um, uh, the CFO that they will be not making a request uh, for a bailout. Uh, so that has to be anchored in in, in, in in something. And it's good and well that there's men and women, as she cites, who are um, committed to the cause, but. Uh, the, the that that commitment is uh one aspect the other aspect is the implementation of the right interventions and i think we need to have that discussion um about
0: uh the sabc so i'll, I'll, I'll ask that first question and then take it from the Um, Chair, is it meant for for us?
1: Yes, the 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 okay. the the ministry and the, the board. Okay, Chair. We
6: from our side in the ministry, we are we are satisfied uh, with the, the implementation of the turnaround. As I've said in the beginning. Uh, that the SABC has been able to attain most of the targets that are there on the turnaround plan. Uh, This is the second year, as I've said, it's left with one year. And so we're confident in as far as that is concerned because we, I'm sure all of us, we can observe that there is a relative stability at the SABC unlike in the past. And this is owing towards to this is owing to um, the board's implementation of the turnaround strategy together with management. So, in as far as that is concerned, we are happy to chair. However, there seem that there is still some concerns, as I've said. And the management has assured us that it is working around the clock to deal with that. And that is the declining revenue that we're experiencing. And if it is not uh, attended to, it might pose a significant threat for the SABC going forward. Uh, Management is insisting that uh, there will be no need for a further bailout, Uh, but from our side, I think it does remain a concern And we've encouraged both the board and the management to work towards making sure that uh, this uh, issue is attended to. If you look at the revenue um, from advertising and and other sources, uh, it is declining and it is a cause for concern for us. But in as far as attending to the issues raised by the Auditor General, I think we, we, we generally are satisfied that the management is attending to the issues assisted by the board. Thank you, Chair.
1: All right, um, thank you, Tim. I'll come back to that. Uh, let's hear from the Chairperson of the board.
7: Thank you, Honorable Chair, for the opportunity and um, appreciate the question and input by Honorable Members. I do want to reassure the committee that we're doing everything possible to make sure that SABC gets to a state of financial viability. I do also want to touch on what the Honourable Chair of Scopa um, indicated, what other interventions are necessary for us to achieve that level of profitability. Um, There's about four main things. In the main, the first one talks to the replacement of the current television license regime, with uh, what we call a public, uh, public media levy, which uh, also has a component where the subscription uh, major players can also assist with the collection of that public uh, media levy. That's, that's very important because it is still one of our major streams of revenue as the SAPC. The first one being, of course, commercial activities, which is sponsorship advertising. And then immediately after that is then the television, the TV license, which we want to change to, uh, to be a public media levy. The second important thing that needs to happen for the SAPC to really get to profitability levels is the regulatory reforms. And this talks to um, regulations like your mass carry, which does not allow the SAPC to have commercial engagements with uh, subscription uh, players, And, and we, we made submission uh, to get those kinds of regulations change to be able to get SAPC to benefit from its content fully. That's the second one. The third one talks to, uh, I- in my view, uh, because of our unique, um, I'll say role and um, very high cost structure, um, signal distribution cost is still one of the uh, major costs faced by the SAPC. And we are currently in talks with Sentec uh, through the involvement of the Competition Commission to have the tariffs uh, that Sentec uh, charges us reviewed. And that will give us a saving um, in the last count of over 250 million rand, And that will significantly improve uh, the SAPC a profitability and really get the organization to be uh, profitable. The the third and uh, the last one, which is the fourth one, talks to the public interest programming. Our 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 mandate as the SAPC, as it talks to arts, culture, education, health, there's a number of things we as the SAPC that we need to do that will never be profitable. So there needs to be a way for the de- respective departments to fund those specific programs, of course, without interfering with the editorial uh, independence of the ACBC. But if we have to carry a mandate that talks to education, the Department of Basic Education needs to make a contribution in that particular aspect. So in the main uh, honorable members, those are the four things that we believe if there can be regulatory reforms. There can be the replacement of the current TV license regime. There can be clear public uh, uh, funding, rather, of the public mandate as it talks to uh, the things that I've mentioned. And of course, to do away with the mask regulation, SABC will be profitable. And you will all be proud of the contribution you've made and the support you've given us over the years. All right,
0: and um,
1: thank you, uh, Chair. So, but the risk of revenue now remains. Uh, and that is why, in the question, I I, I I made reference to what the CFO is saying that there is uh, no well, you know, outlook towards the bailout. But can we confidently say here that we are ruling a bailout out uh, 100? percent And why I say this and ask this is that. It is important to manage expectations and it is important to be realistic because the risk of revenue decline, uh, it triggers other uh, uh, outlooks in terms of what intervention is there. So I really want the the SABC to be very very frank with
0: us uh, so that we can be in a position to... uh, set our own oversight uh, in managing
1: the expectations that are there so can the sapc confidently they uh, seated here and now rule out the possibilities of a bailout because that will be the artistic measure of how much work you have to do um, if you are to avoid it
7: thank you Honourable Chair. i can confirm that there is no possibility of the sapc coming back for a bailout. If we look at what we've we've been able to achieve and the four areas that I've highlighted and we are getting very, very good support from the shareholder representative in getting some of these regulatory changes effected, And I can assure you that there will be no need for another bailout for the SABC.
1: So what are the risks at play then which
0: arise out of the uh, revenue reduction? Which uh, is currently at.
1: Chair, I'm saying, right, having said that, what impact then uh, does the decline in revenue have for the SEPC, What risk side play arising out of that? And then, of course, the question becomes. Um, Having noted those risks, what contingency plans are in place or interventions are in place to push back on that risk?
7: Thank you, Honorable Chair. I will will comment and then request the CFO to provide some specifics in it. Um, There's still a lot that can be done in our cost line. Um, the signal distribution cost is a, a major, major cost. And I'm confident that we'll be able to realize some savings which runs into hundreds of millions just on the signal uh, distribution cost. And of course, um, there is a number of things that we are doing from a revenue uh, point of view, because you don't only manage costs, but you need to be improving revenue. And uh, I'll humbly request the CFO to just give specifics and the COO on what are we doing to address the issue of revenue. CFO, please.
8: Um, thank you very much, Jill. Okay. Mm. Um, so- Uh, The the revenue decline uh, to, um, one of the themes that drives it is the migration from linear to digital platforms. Um, uh, And as such, uh, in our new financial year, our focus also shifts to putting measures in place to ensure we generate revenue from the digital platforms. Um, That that would be one of the things. There's, of course, our partnerships with um, Telcom, uh, e-media and the likes that also provides us access to their platforms. Mm -hmm. That is uh, additional platforms that we are able to generate revenue from. Um, And I think at this point, I might just hand over to my COO to um, add a few things. I think the bottom line is um, chair of the committee. We, we do anticipate our revenue to increase in the coming financial year. Uh, the major drivers uh, are um, certainly how we approach the balance between sponsorship and classic advertising and the measures the team has in place to do that and to maximize our access to market there, but also then from things like the OTT platforms and um, our deals with um, some of our trading partners. But I'll hand over to the COO to con- comment as well.
10: Thanks, Chair. Um, uh, Ian Plank is here. Uh, so the decline in audience obviously has a direct impact on our decline in uh, revenue, advertising revenue. Uh, the decline in audience is multi-causational, the global uh, trend that there is, not much we can do about that. There is an impact on uh, the analog switch off, but we are managing that with the department and we're working together with them. And then there's, I think the big one for us is not so much an audience loss, but an audience migration to digital. And right now we do not have our own digital platform. We have gone to market. We're in the final stages of assessing the responses of that. And we will have our own OTT platform in the market by the third quarter. (coughs) the the next current financial year. Um, So we're very upbeat about that. Um, So what that means is we're going to be launching additional channels within the new financial year, but we are also changing the process of acquiring content uh, for our channels. We are optimizing that. Uh, It's a big game changer uh, and you will see a lot more uh, compelling content coming through on our existing platforms but also the 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 new channels that we are going to be launching that will also be available on our ott platform so we will be aggressively playing in the digital space i can also just give you this level of comfort we started testing uh, yesterday uh, the software that will enable us to actually commercialize the ott platforms not just our own but third-party platforms as well that we are using. Um, that has started yesterday. We will, we're will using it as a pilot phase for this month, and we will go live from next month. So for the first time, uh, we'll start off a financial year where we have the ability to monetize our digital platforms as well, own and third-party. Thanks, Jay.
8: And um, maybe just also to, to add before I am back to you, Chair, um, we, we have been speaking mainly about the television channels or video entertainment, but we're well aware of the gold that is in our radio stations. Um, and we, we are trying to put mechanisms in place that uh, ensures that our command of that audience is reflected in our revenue as well. Um, And um, similarly, some of the big events uh, that used to be very successful in the past, like the Metro Music Awards, those kind of big events um, is, is hopefully going to come back on stream. And all of that helps to uh, attract people to the organization, generate revenue ultimately, because our advertisers can see the access to market that they, has, they have. Thank you, Chair. All
1: right. So on, on the basis of your own commitment, we certainly are not expecting the SAPC to be coming back or seeking a bailout. And I, I wanted that firmly on the record so that in the event that we do, the you do, the first question should be, how do we hold you accountable for having not been able to steer the ship in a direction which moves away from a bailout? Because the the fiscus is already stretched. And so there has to be a consequence management which um, prevails, uh, because there's Pailouts are not a default position, uh, which um, say, if well, if all else fails, there's no problem, we will get a bailout. So I think uh, that very emphatic commitment um, is, is something that we will keep on our radar um, and give space and time now to the turnaround strategy to run its course And for, of course, other areas of consequence management, which Honorable Lee spoke about, um, we we would like that in writing um, by next week um, so that we can have it on record and then we'll um, see where we go from that. Um, I think, um, colleagues, that that is really all that one would want to say at this point. We are going to await the completion of the uh, audit and the annual report, of course, later on in the year, to make a, which will probably clear more things up um, insofar as the SAPC is concerned, and we note that you are a work in progress. So we will await uh, that and note the progress that has been made so far, um, and leave it at that. Right, colleagues, are there any other issues on your end that you would like to raise? Aiko. Right, <clears throat> DM, we, you've got five minutes. If there's any concluding remarks you'd like to make on your side um, and the chair, and then we will be good to go.
6: No, thank you, Chair. Not much. I think uh, most of the issues we've been able to ventilate with the SABC. Um, as you know, that uh, there is a board there, which is an accounting authority, which uh, handles most of the issues in the SABC. ours is just to do oversight to monitor whether they are doing what they said they were going to do. But as I said, up to so far, we are satisfied with the, some of the progress there. There's still areas of improvements in the SABC, which we have spoken to, which management is aware that they, they have to attend together with the board. All of those issues. We share your concern, Chair, about the sustainability financially of the SABC in line of the decline in revenues. But as we've heard today, there's been some commitment from the SAPC that they will attend to that. We're giving them space to do that. Obviously, there are ways in which we can help them, uh, particularly on, this, uh, on the license issue, um, and the, the license fees. It's something that this regime needs to change completely. Uh, because we are not getting the revenue that we're supposed to be getting from that site. But otherwise, Chair, just to inform you that we are busy switching off the analog transmission. Um, We have switched off about five provinces. Uh, There is uh, about four that is outstanding, in line with the commitment of the president that The country would have migrated from analog distribution to to digital. We are pursuing that goal of the 31st of March. And the SABC has been a very dependable partner in doing that because most of the analog transmission that we are switching off belongs to the SABC. But otherwise, Chair, thank you very much. And and I think in future we will uh, we will arrange properly. Unfortunately, we were caught up in between all of these meetings, but as you know, we are always available to come and engage with yourself anytime that you want us to come. Otherwise, thank you very much, Chaperson.
1: Uh, no, well, thank you very much, Diem, and I think we can release you now to go and join the cabinet uh, committee. And we will be in uh, constant uh, communication. Um, and next week, we'll be finalizing on that South African Post Office report, which um, is overdue and you are anticipating. So uh,
0: the committee will be deliberating on that to you. Uh, uh, thank you, Honourable Chair. May I
7: humbly request that um, we allow the Chair of Audit and Risk Committee to make the final uh, comments uh, from the SAPC side, uh, Ms. Jasmina Patel.
1: Yeah, maybe before she does, I, I, yeah, that's fine. I think it would be a dereliction of duty, though, if I, I, I don't make this comment. Um, without venturing into its merits and demerits because it is common cause that there is an issue currently at play at the SABC insofar as the GE of news is concerned and a legal battle at play. We can only hope that due process has been followed to the extent to which the SABC does not find itself at the end of the day with a financial a burden uh, which could have been avoided because um, consequence management uh, in itself we have found across the the, the spectrum, uh, if not handled correctly, uh, incurs unnecessary costs for the state. And so we will not be drawn into the merits and demerits of which it's not our purview. Our only purview is that it must not lead to any financial uh, obligations and burdens for the SAPC, because it may set into motion precedents which are undesirable um, for all of us. And so we really hope um, that due process has been adhered to um, and that this will not Uh, further complicate the financial situation um, of the SABC uh, because poor consequence management is in itself a a risk and that's why I'm saying we probably best I raise it as you uh, bring in the chair of audit and risk it's just triggered by that uh, that at all material times we must handle matters uh, correctly and um, say that it's not our matter suffice to say that we expect it's not to be of detriment to the financial position um, of the SABC, right, Chair of Audit and Risk. Uh,
9: thank you Chair, good morning Honourable Chair of uh, Scopa, members of Scopa, Deputy Minister, representatives of GCTT, um, Chairperson of SABC, fellow board members and execs. Um, we do take note of what the chair has raised regarding the, um, the matter that we just spoke about, and um, we'd like to assure you that we are addressing it. Um, as a primary committee responsible for overseeing risk and controls, um, AHRQ, um paid attention to um, um, atten- attention on the repeat audit qualification. One of the one of the um, Concerns raised by the AG was that um, there was lack of leadership when it came to consequence management. Um, So um, ARC specifically is focusing on that. um, And we noted that um, the effectiveness of consequence management as it pertains to prior years is less than ideal and that there is a need for stronger, sufficient consequence management for wasting public funds. Um, Consequence management includes consideration and implementation of control environment enhancements. It includes um, instituting disciplinary hearings and reporting to law enforcement. And um, I would like to assure um, everyone present is that that ARC is emphasizing um, strengthening of procurement-related controls and um, has also um, insisted um, that all Um, irregularities exceeding 100,000 is reported to SEPs as required by PRECA and that there should be um, consequence uh, management in the form of disciplinaries for those that um, abuse the system. And um, to address this, a consequence management register has been introduced and the guideline for consequence management of financial misconduct has been finalized and approved. So um, that is what we're doing from um, our side to ensure that there is um, improvement in leading on consequence management.
5: Um,
9: um, I would also like to thank um, SCOPA and the DM for your continuous support and also the um, HESA, the SIU, and especially the SABC executives and the department. Thank you.
1: Okay, thank you very much um, on that. Colleagues, uh, let us therefore bring this meeting to an end. And uh, please, uh, colleagues, take your emails. There's correspondence uh, which has been sent uh, yesterday, which is for your consideration and input uh, and guidance. Um, can I therefore, colleagues, thank you very much uh, for your attendance and participation this morning, To Uh, this meeting and thank the team and the Chair of the Board and the Executives of the uh, SABC um, for being here. Um, AG, National Treasury and SIU, as always, um, thank you very much. Um, On that note, the meeting stands adjourned and there's a house sitting this afternoon, which is a question session, so colleagues, please don't forget about that. The meeting stands adjourned. Happy Wednesday.
4: Thank you, Chair.
0: Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Recording stopped.